Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another Get Genius episode. Today, we're going to talk about some things that you might not be thinking about within your business. Like, do you have all of your agreements in place? Do you even know what agreements should be in place? Uh, Do you have strategy for your intellectual property? Do you even know what is considered your intellectual property? Um, Do you question or are you aware of things that you might be doing on social media that are possibly illegal and might cost you a ton of dollars if you're not careful. We're going to talk about all that kind of stuff today with Bobby Klink, who is an intellectual property attorney, but he is not your typical intellectual property attorney. He's got some great stories. He's got some fabulous advice. And uh, he got his degree from Harvard Law. He practiced law for some of the most prestigious firms in the country. And he was mentored by Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch. You would not guess that he was a lawyer by visiting his office. He's got a whiteboard filled with tasks related to platform building, inbound marketing, sales funnels, and he's all about online entrepreneurs, and he's quite the entrepreneur himself. He knows how to market what he does, which intrigued me because, you know, there's people out there that offer really important services, but... For a lot of entrepreneurs, they're so into their business and what it is that they can do for other people that they forget how they need to protect themselves. And so I think it's pretty awesome how he markets himself to to people that are in need, but maybe don't realize they are in need. Um, He gives out a ton of free information, which is really awesome because getting an intellectual uh, attorney is... uh, pretty expensive. And we'll talk about that. We'll unveil how much it actually is to work with somebody like Bobby, but fear not. If you can, awesome. If you can't, he's got so much information at your fingertips and we'll have links to all of that free information, his website and all things related to Bobby Klink. Um, But yeah, we're going to talk about so many good things uh, in, in relation to your business and where you should be protected, what you should be thinking about and why it's important to get it in place now so that you don't have to worry about it later. So with that, enjoy the interview. Hey, Bobby, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're going to talk about some cool stuff today. Uh, maybe a lot of stuff that people aren't paying attention to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's probably true. Yeah, hopefully they are. I love that. I love when I have guests on the show and people are like, wait, what do I, why do I need to be interested in this? And then they keep listening. They're like, oh, maybe I should pay attention to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, as, well, we'll get into this, but as you can probably imagine, that's actually the biggest problem I have to overcome is to just get people to start listening. I don't care if they you know, use me for services. I just want to help them solve this problem and understand it is an issue. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's talk about how you got into it. And then I would love to hear from, you know, as an entrepreneur, how do you get somebody to listen to something that is not top of mind to them? Okay. Uh, well, so, I mean, look, I, I became a lawyer thinking I wanted to do, um, well, when I first thought about becoming a lawyer, I had these big dreams of working for the ACLU and going into public interest and doing all those wonderful things. And then I went to law school and got um, drawn in by the money um, and, and kind of followed it and, and, and thought I wanted to do something completely different. Uh, And so I I started my career working at big corporate law firms, um, representing one big company against another big company where 
the dollar values at stake were pretty much always above 10 million, most of the times above 100 million. Yeah. But, you know, it was kind of a boring existence and not exactly the thing that that's interesting because, I mean, I, I didn't feel bad about what I was doing, but I certainly didn't, you know, I didn't go home feeling like, okay, I helped a person today. And so I, I did that for a while, then became a prosecutor and actually was working for the for the U.S. government handling uh, federal criminal prosecutions. And I did that. That's kind of a it seems like a weird transition, but I did it because that is a way to get stand up court experience, which at these big firms you don't get. As you can imagine, if you're a, a big corporation and you have a hundred million dollar dispute, you're not going to let someone who's never stood up in court before stand up in court. Of course. You. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> So it's kind of a common transition. So I did that for three years and then was trying to decide what to do next. And I, I could have gone back to the firm where I was, which was a, a highly prestigious firm uh, here in Washington, D.C., where I am. Uh, it's actually at that firm before I'd left. One of my mentors had been at the time just Neil Gorsuch, now Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch. So, you know, kind of a really white shoe top level firm. Yeah. The problem was I was going to go back there and work on these big, huge cases, going to be the number three or number four person on a team. And I didn't think I wanted that. And so I started looking around and literally just did a Google search and found these two guys who had a small little law firm that was doing high level work, but it was just these two guys. And so I, you know, I said, what the heck, why not send them something and, and reach out? And so I did. Um, and that was almost a decade ago, I guess now. And I joined them, stayed there for a while. Then, you know, I actually, when I joined them, made one of the classic mistakes that I try to help entrepreneurs not make now, which is we didn't have any written agreement about how I would ultimately become kind of a member of the firm, which is a standard thing in law firms. And so we had no roadmap. And so I guess it was about three and a half, four years later, we tried to figure it out and we just couldn't figure out how to make it work. And so I went out on my own uh, and left them to do their own. Uh, and I fell into intellectual property law while I was at that that prior firm, um, the small firm. They had a case come in. They didn't know anything about it. I didn't really know much about the other cases they had going on. So they said, here, why don't you handle this? And I did and I ran with it. And I've been doing intellectual property work ever since. Um, and I've kind of over time transitioned to earlier er, and earlier in the process to not deal with disputes as much as possible, try to keep people out of disputes. And about two to three years ago, I, I started transitioning to working with online entrepreneurs and really focusing on helping that group of folks uh, with their um, legal needs. Right. So, Obviously, you have you you had your own mistakes that led you to to this and and to becoming an expert in this. But how do you how do you market yourself? Because you know, for a lot of entrepreneurs, they're marketing to people that know that they have a problem and they're looking out for that solution, and they know they can speak directly to them. But this is something that people are overlooking that they need to do. So how do you get their attention? Well, so, I mean, again, I do it in a lot of ways. One is I come on shows like this right. uh, and I talk and I, I, I've been on, I think I've lost count. We're at 40 or 50 podcasts and, and radio shows in the last, I think it's about nine months or so. And so I do a lot of this because I think educating people, waking people up is the biggest point. Uh, I do Facebook advertising and my Facebook advertising, I, um, you know, I, I have copywriters who work on it because although I think I'm pretty good at writing copy now. I'm certainly not a copywriter. And so they do things like, you know, I think one of them is, 
you know, uh, the picture is basically a meteor coming down on Earth and it's talking about uh, disaster movies. It's, you know, grab their attention and then hopefully get them to to start looking and listening. Right. So that's kind of what I do. Uh, and again, it's a lot of obviously having to give away free resources to help people and educate them. And then, of course, 99% of those people are never going to buy from me, never going to hire me, but that's fine. At least I've got them educated. But for some people, it will wake them up and make them realize, oh, I actually do need to do something about this. And then they're going to – obviously, I'm the one who woke them up. I'm the person they're likely to come to uh, for the help. Yeah. Okay, so what are the type of mistakes that you're helping them with? Because I'm sure you, you know, especially knowing how you can mess up with, with you know, um, with with your branding, with social media, with not being prepared, um, with with agreements. Like, what are some of those things that that you see that could probably really easily be avoided? Well, so there's a lot of different mistakes I see, um, and, and one of the most basic. It, is not having your basic agreements in writing. And, and this is a, a a business mistake as much as it's a legal mistake. But this is the type of thing that can lead to expensive legal problems. And the agreements you need to have in writing, let me back up. Every important agreement you have, anything that's important to your business should be in writing if it's an agreement with another person. Mm-hmm. I can't tell every person generically, well, here's the list of every single agreement, but I can give you some basic contours. One, if you have a corporate organization of any kind, you need to have an operating agreement. That's kind of a, a standard piece of advice I have. But also, if you are in a partnership with someone, so if you're sharing in profits with someone else, even if you don't have an agreement, you are in a partnership, so you should have an agreement that sets out kind of who owns what, what are the responsibilities, how do you resolve disputes, all of the kind of basic issues so that you don't end up with a dispute later and no way to solve it. And that type of issue comes up quite frequently, and it actually comes up in a context that most business owners don't think about. It's where someone who they believe is an employee or an independent contractor or a consultant, someone outside, claims to actually be a partial owner of their business. Oh, yeah, and the problem is without a written agreement defining that relationship, it is an expensive dispute because there's no way to get rid of that dispute at an early stage of a lawsuit. And it goes all the way. The, the One of the classic cases of this in the world of online entrepreneurship is in the case of the Adam Carolla podcast. Now, do you know who Adam Carolla is? I sure do. Okay. I think most people do, but he's <laughs> yeah. like a media personality who came to fame, I think in the 90s. I think it was originally MTV, but he's done a lot of other things. At some point, pretty early in the podcasting world, he, with a friend, started a podcast, the Adam Carolla podcast. And this friend was a longtime friend, I think a high school friend, a guy who had been kind of a producer on various media things. So pretty, uh, you know, pretty savvy people. Well, they start the podcast, then it becomes very successful. And, uh, you know, I don't know what led to the dispute, but effectively, as I understand it, Adam Carolla at some point decides his friend's not carrying his weight and looks at him and says, you're fired. And his friend said, you can't fire me. I'm an owner. <laughs> they had no written agreement. And so they ended up having a two and a half year legal dispute, a year and a half of it where an actual lawsuit had been filed. They got all the way to presenting their evidence to a jury before they finally reached a resolution and settled it. 
But at that point, they had spent million over a million dollars in legal fees because of the lawyers they'd hired were quite expensive. But let's put that on a smaller scale for a typical online entrepreneur. You will have spent $100,000 or more in legal fees by that time. And it was all because there was no written agreement that defined the relationship. So that's one of the big mistakes that I point out to people. I said, look, anybody you have a relationship with, you need to have an agreement that defines it and makes clear, are they an owner or not? And if you have that, you can kind of avoid a dispute down the line. Right. Uh, you know, th- that's one of the basic. I can go on with more <laughs> if you want it, Summer, but it's, you may have some questions for me. Well, I think, you know, I think there's people that the they start a business together, or they start something, some type of collaboration, a side thing, and, you know, they call each other, quote unquote, partners. <laughs> I'm a partner of this company. But like you said, it's it's a handshake, you know, yep. Yep. <laughs> and they're like, oh, but we're good friends or we trust each other. So it's all going to be fine. But I think, you know, it, you're absolutely right. That unfortunately isn't the case. Or sometimes it's, you know, somebody saying, well, you know what, why don't we, and they have a verbal agreement, we'll give you a a percentage if you do this for us, you know, or if you take less pay, but nothing is ever written down. Yep. Yeah. And again, so the problem is we, we, uh, uh, entrepreneurs tend to be optimists. We have to be right. The, The odds are stacked against us. So for us to do what we do, we have to be optimistic. And that's absolutely right. People, have these deals. It's a friend. It's someone they've worked with in the past. But I will just tell you over and over again, I will see these disputes come up. And I don't believe that it's bad faith on either side. I think both parties just have a different viewpoint. Right. And so part part of having the written agreement is it forces you to work out all the details, get it down in writing. And then if a dispute comes up, it's very simple. You just look back at the written agreement. Yes. And that defines what the situation is. I love that. Very simple, very easy. I love things like that, that, you know, don't, uh, you're thinking ahead, you're planned, and then you don't have to think about it anymore instead of, you know, a problem coming up and then it taking all of these, you know, months and time to, and probably a lot of money too, <laughs> to sort yeah, out. Yeah. Well, and, and it's it's months and time, but it's also if you do the work up front, you're doing it in a very relaxed setting versus if a dispute comes up, it's crisis mode and you're not going to be in your best place of thinking and making rational decisions. Right. Exactly. So now let's talk about intellectual property and the importance of having a strategy for that and what type of mistakes are business owners making when it comes to that? Well, so let, let me back up. I think most people have maybe some idea of what intellectual property is. That's but true. I like, let's define that. I, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like to give it a very no-nonsense word. I think of intellectual property as anything that you can own that you can't hold in your hand and and isn't a piece of dirt. Mm -hmm. So anything that's not physical. And there are really four big silos and then one smaller area. So the first area is patents, which they protect inventions. It's normally physical things, but it doesn't have to be. It can be a process. It can be a design. But those are inventions. And quite honestly, they get a lot of attention But for online entrepreneurs especially, they're the least important. Um, They're the most expensive to get protection for and often don't lead to anything worthwhile. Yeah. Next, you have trademarks. And trademarks cover anything related to your branding effectively. Anything that designates the company or the person that that is providing a good or service is trademarkable and it gets trademark protection. So think names, logos, slogans – 
I like to use Nike as an example here. The word Nike is a trademarked brand. The swoosh symbol is a trademarked logo. And then just do it is a trademark slogan. And all of those, you hear them, you immediately know this is a Nike product. Right. Uh, the next area is copyrights. And copyright law protects any creative work. And creative here is broadly defined. It just means if there's some spark of creativity – so if you're an online entrepreneur, everything you're creating for your online platform is going to be protected under copyright law. Lead magnets, your website, uh, white papers, any uh, digital product you're selling is most likely going to have creative content. So just about everything. This podcast that we're on has lots of copyright protection, images, music, videos. Right. All of that falls in that area. Um, the final kind of traditional area of intellectual property is trade secrets. And trade secret law is what protects your confidential information. And for this, so long as you take reasonable steps to keep stuff confidential, you get protection. This is really about, more than anything else, preventing your employees, contractors, and business partners from using your confidential information to compete with you later. Um, and then the, the small silo I like to, to add in is the right to publicity. And this is what gives celebrities, but really anybody, the right to control whether their name, image, or likeness is used to uh, promote uh, promote some product or something else. You have the right to decide when your name, image, or likeness is used for commercial purposes. So that's kind of the final area. Okay. Now, there are tons of mistakes that people make, but the biggest mistake – is often just not thinking it through at the beginning. And, and I like to give an example of a client I had that where a paperwork mistake effectively at the outset cost them over $10 million. Wow. And, and this, was, this was a case that, it, that yeah, this was a case, it involved a patent. So, you know, it's an area that doesn't come up much, but the same rules tend to apply for trademarks and copyright. So, so it's the same type of issue can come up or if they hadn't sought protection and didn't keep it confidential and, and didn't take those steps, they would have lost it the same way. So in this case, what happened was this was a, a, a company that back – and I don't know – remember the exact timing, but around the turn of the century, they developed uh, Wi-Fi hotspot technologies or mobile hotspot technologies and with a couple of specific caveats. But the notion is back in 1999 – I don't know about you – I may have had Wi-Fi. I don't know. I don't know if I did, but I definitely hadn't thought about a mobile hotspot. But they developed it for a very particular reason, and then say ten years later, all of a sudden, it's being implemented in every single smartphone on the market. Yeah. Well, under the law, they would have been entitled to get some fee from every smartphone, and even if it was ten cents a phone, you just start thinking about the numbers of phones oh, exactly. created exactly <laughs> into tens of millions of dollars. But the problem was, under the law, the rights to intellectual property that's protected under federal law can only be transferred by written agreements. And so way back when, when they were a couple of guys in a garage, they didn't get all the inventors to sign documents transferring all the rights to the company. And then there were a couple of other similar mistakes as it transferred through various companies along the way. The result of that was, even though we tried to fix it later – the judge ruled they did not own the invention, so they got nothing. So oh. you, know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can imagine, you know, 
how heartbreaking that I'm is. I'm crying for was, them right now. <laughs> and I always use this example, even though most people say, oh, but I don't have inventions. But I just want to get across to you. These people, I mean, they had no idea that it was an issue. And they actually hired a patent lawyer to, to file a patent for them. But they didn't have a lawyer kind of giving them you know, this general overall advice or learn it. And I don't, didn't blame them, right? It was at a point where they couldn't justify spending, say, ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars on a lawyer to get uh, one-on-one advice, and they just missed this issue. Yeah. And so that's the kind of thing, the initial planning mistake that I see people make. I mean, there are other things you could do in, in you know, using a, a brand name that you can't legally use, building your business, and then someone else has a trademark. And so Oh, I've seen that happen. I, I've known yeah. people that that has happened to, you know, they, they've done this whole branding for years. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes out and they're being sued. And they're like, what? <laughs> well, it, it's, it's being sued, you know, stinks. But more importantly, then you have to get rid of the brand. And then and, you have to rebrand after you've gotten all these people yeah, connected to your brand. Right. Yep. Right. And so, so that's the kind of mistake where again, that really is a, you know, is a a result of not having thought about it up front because I can give you very simple instructions where you can do a bootstrap search yourself. Again, if you want to make sure you pay for someone to do a search and if you came to me and we're, I'm going to outsource that anyway, because there's no reason for you to pay me to buy the hour, do this work. But you know, you can do that search and at least feel pretty safe that you are not going to have that problem. But a lot of people don't, you know, I like to tell a story on that. It's, it's kind of funny. Uh, summer, the very first, podcast I've appeared on as a guest. I wasn't actively trying to get it on as a guest uh, at podcast. Yeah. But some company that was basically podcast production company and, and kind of did a, you know, you do every, we'll do everything for you. You show up for 30 minutes a week and interview people and you'll have a podcast came and approached me with the idea. And I don't know why they approached me. I guess it was because I was out there doing some non-traditional marketing efforts for a from a lawyer's perspective, at least. Yeah. And so they're trying to sell me on it. At the time, I think I don't remember the number, but they wanted three or four thousand dollars a month, which I said no. But they said, well, let, well, let's have you as a guest on one of our shows. We'll just show you how easy it is. I said, OK, great. So they put me on this show. And then when it was going to go live, they emailed me and said, oh, well, here, you know, uh, it's going live today. They didn't give me like an iTunes link. They gave me a link somewhere else. I don't remember what. So I went on iTunes and just searched the name of the show. And. Not one, not two, not three, but four different shows with the exact same name popped up. <laughs> and I said, huh. and, and this was a brand new show. So, and it didn't even show up. Oh, wow. So I was like, you're, you're the fifth show with the exact same name doing the exact same thing. And it was, it had, it was a name that was kind of had to do with social media. Okay. I mean, it would make sense that you would use it, but the problem is, you know, I was sitting there. I was like, yeah, this is bad for business because people can't find it. But it's also a recipe for disaster if one of these earlier shows decides to sue you. So, I mean, that's another one of the classic mistakes of, you know, just do your due diligence. Make right. sure no one else is out there using the name already. Exactly. Now, what about with social media? What are what types of mistakes do you, are you seeing there? Well, so social media, what I see, a lot of the mistakes people make there are uh, well, a lot of them have to do with copyright law because okay. people don't realize and people have gotten bad advice and heard bad advice about what they can use from other people on social media. Now, one of the, the classic ones I hear is, well, if you only use five seconds or seven seconds of a song, it's not copyright infringement. 
That's wrong. If you use any identifiable portion of a song and it's identifiable, it is potentially copyright infringement. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things you'll hear is people who have uh, on their social media videos, either they're produced videos where they're playing music or it's a live, for example, a Facebook live and you hear music in the background. Well, if it's a copyrighted song, you can't do that. Wow. Okay. That's interesting to know. So, you know, if you're like having a fun, oh, I'm just rocking out and dancing to this song and it's a live or what if it's a story like an Instagram story? Yeah. So, again, you can't legally do that. because The the copyright holder for that song has the exclusive right to distribute. And so you do not have the right to distribute that. I mean, when you buy again, I'm old. So I remember the days of buying tapes and CDs and now I buy LPs. But let's just say you buy any of those or an MP3, whatever. All you're buying is the right to use that for yourself, not to distribute it or display it or anything like that. And for those of us who are old enough to remember video stores, this explains something that people never quite understood. So if if you rented a movie from a video store, say Blockbuster Video, and lost it, you didn't have to pay the whatever nineteen ninety nine that you could go buy a video for. You had to pay a hundred and something dollars. Yeah, and that's because that was a video that had a broader license, not just the right to use it individually. Um, but so that's a key point that people miss. Uh, and, and I read an article, um, I think it was from I am, but um, about how Facebook has gotten very good algorithms, and they will actually pick up. If in your live you you have uh, the, uh, copyrighted music playing in the background, and it'll automatically take the video down. Um, I, you know, I, I haven't seen any reports from people, but I, I've read that they are doing that, which would make me think that it will go to Instagram because, of course, Facebook owns Instagram. Right. Um, but so that is something that will start happening. And if you do it once or twice, they're not going to completely nix you. But if you do it repeatedly, they will take away your privilege to use the service. And so that could be a devastating effect on your business as well. If all of a sudden you can't be on the social media platform where you've built a large following, that is something that can have a huge impact on your business. Um, So many things that you would not think of. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, And another area where people, a similar thing is with images. A lot of people will just grab an image from somewhere well, people you, go to Google and they'll search an image for something and they're going to use that for their for their blog post or, or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, months later, you have somebody saying, hey, take that down. That's my picture. <laughs> yeah. Or or if you happen to get one from Getty, you're going to get a letter that says, well, thank you very much for using that. Our license fee is exactly $5,000 or whatever it is. And they're going to demand that payment from you. So, right. Right. Uh, that's why you have to get images the right way. And there are plenty of free sites out there that you can get them from. Um, you know, you, you want to look for three things in a license. One, it needs to say it's royalty free. Two, it needs to say that commercial use is allowed. And third, you want it to say that no attribution is required. If uh, a site offers those three things, you're golden. Just use those images for whatever you want. Right. Very easy. You have a whole library of anything. They are pretty, they're pretty fun to use. You can search yep. for anything. They even have now uh, video services like that as well, where you can do little clips of videos and it's all stock videos. So there's stock images, yep. stock videos. Yeah. Got all of that available. Yeah. I've, uh, that's another thing. Um, even that happened with myself years ago. I was blogging and I had a <clears throat> picture that I found and I was like, oh, this is an awesome picture. Thought nothing of it. 
And then um, from re- somebody from my social media team was like, you can't use that picture. Somebody emailed us. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it was just a very simple, you know, picture. But le- it was one of those you can either pay for it or take it down. So took yeah, it down. It's, it's, it's funny. I, I hear that. That seems to be one issue I hear over and over and over again yeah. from people that just about everybody I talk to has a story about that. Yeah. And so you have to be careful. And some of them are more subtle. So one of the elements I said I mentioned is you, you're looking for something that says no attribution required. Now, you have to be careful because if it if that element isn't there, anytime you use an image, you have to attribute it to the creator of that image. And yes. there, there again, there are some photographers, artists who have a valid reason. They want attribution because they want their name to get out there. But there are others who are intentionally putting these things out there for free to trick people. And then people put it up without attribution. They write them a letter, demand a payment. Yeah. So you, know, you have to be careful about that um, because there are people out there that that is their business model to basically get you to use it, thinking it's okay, and then demand a payment. Yes. Yes, that is very true. Anything can be gamified, right? <laughs> yep. 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 Um, so what, how, how do you, you know, there's so many different aspects. How does one business, what is their next step if they're listening in terms of, okay, well, I guess I need to do, you know, an inventory here of all the things that we're doing on a daily basis and see where I might need written agreements or where I might be needing to take an extra hard look at my social media or intellectual properties. How, how does one person even begin with all of that? Well, I think the important thing is that you, parts you said there, just begin. Don't let, don't be overwhelmed by everything that has to be done. The best thing to do is to start. Uh, and again, that's why I put all kinds of free resources out there. Um, that, you know, I have an educational company called Your Online Genius, where I offer all kinds of freebies, all kinds of information. Um, and you can get all kinds of stuff there, but a lot of different places. Just start searching. Just start looking these things up and spending a little bit of time. You can spend, say, 10 minutes a day getting yourself kind of up to speed on these issues. And within a couple of weeks, you'll have a basic understanding. Um, and again, I'm, I'm a realist. I understand that most people can't afford to hire me by the hour. I'm an expensive lawyer. Uh, I cost, uh, my, my hourly rates, 500 bucks an hour. And most people can't afford that. I couldn't afford that quite honestly. (laughs) So, you know, I offer a lot of, you know, free and paid resources that are kind of do it yourself to try to give people education, but the important thing is just start. Yeah. Don't let a, a fear of, well, I might not get it perfect. Um, and again, on the written agreements, you know, look, there's a lot of things you can do. But the important thing is just, like you said, create a catalog. What are the important agreements in your business? And start documenting them. Right. And it, it can be as simple as just plain English or, you know, as you get more advanced, you're going to want to start getting agreements, whether it's template forms or something of that nature that has the pretty legal language in it. But let's just start by getting something in plain English done. Um, you know, and, and that I would say is the best way for people to start. Unfortunately, there's people that say, well, we'll just deal with that if the problem arises. <laughs> I mean, have, have you, I'm sure you've seen it plenty of times, see that come to bite people. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I have, um, uh, I have a tr- I have training that I do at various points, and I have these two images that I like to use. A- and one of the images that I use is that I say, look, if you're making legal mistakes is what you're doing. It's an image of a, a business man who's kind of beat up but has a time bomb sitting on his desk. So when you're making legal images, you are putting time bombs in your business. 
And it might be the case that they're never going to go off and destroy your business or that they're going to go off at a time that doesn't really matter. And as long as you go back and fix them before they go off, you can fix them. It might be more costly. Let's talk about uh, if you used a name for your brand and you've already been in business for a couple of years and you didn't do a search uh, and it turns out that someone else already has a trademark for that. Well, it's going to be kind of a pain to fix it now, but if you if you discover it yourself and change it before the co- the trademark holder comes after you, you can do that, right? You can do it as in a more subtle way right. and create a plan and do it uh, in your own time and come up with business reasons, et cetera. You can do that. But if you wait until that time bomb goes off, whatever it is, chances are there's not going to be anything that I can do or anyone else can do or if I can, it's going to cost you $100,000 or more in time because it's a lawsuit. Yeah. And, you know, if you're like most entrepreneurs, you don't have $100,000 laying around that you want to pay me. I mean, if you do, I'll, I'll happily give people my PayPal account <laughs> number. <laughs> right. But, but I suspect you don't. And so, you know, thinking about it now, and it was – you said something earlier – that you like it when there's something you can just get taken care of and then you don't have to worry about it. Yes. And that's what most of these legal things are. You get it taken care of today and a lot of it you don't have to worry about. Again, other stuff, what you're going to do is you're going to create template forms for your business that every time you do X, you're going to get that form signed. And, you know, at that point, it will literally be a matter of filling in some basic info. So, for example, you should have client agreements with any client you have. Right. And, and, you know, once you have a template that you use in your business, largely what you're going to change is the name of the client and then a statement of work that goes at the back and then the price. Exactly. And, and we do that. We do that with all of, with all of our clients. And then there's the, the easy part about it is that, yes, there's a template, but then it's also, you know, there's the pieces that you fill in that are that are custom. And then if there is something that needs to be changed. So, you know, you learn sometimes like, hmm, this started to become an issue with clients. So let's, you know, modify this. But it's so much easier. To do that once you already have these things in place and then you just maintain those type things. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so look, I'm not going to lie. It's like anything else in business of setting up systems. There is an investment up front. Yes. But that investment up front in time, effort, and maybe a little bit of money to, you know, whether it's to to take an online course, to get the forms, you know, to buy forms from somewhere that you're going to then personalize. Doing that will be worthwhile because then you just have a system in place. And like I said, it just becomes a very routine matter and you don't have to worry about it much going forward. Exactly. No, I love that. And I'm all about the the preparation. I do understand, too, though, especially, you know, if you are if you have a smaller business, you're an entrepreneur and you're really trying to take off. And, and maybe even if you're just trying to to scale your your attention goes to just building, building, building the business. And so these type things you forget about but it is so so worth it to to have them in place as best you can um i will definitely have a link to to your site your onlinegenius.com i think that's an excellent starting point to just if you haven't done these things or maybe you have and there's things you're wondering if you've forgotten about or overlooked um you got to check out the site because i i i myself you know this isn't my my expertise this isn't my genius however I know I've learned in the past that you've got to be on top of these things. And it's it's actually it's it's something that's just off your plate. You get you get handled. You either have somebody, you know, we uh, we have an attorney. But if you don't to be able to, you know, have this information and you pretty much have it all here. 
yeah, I mean, well, you, you've so, got a ton of like really good stuff here. <laughs> yeah. And, and so again, so people go to the site, another thing, another place for people to get into it. So I have a, a free cheat sheet people can download. Oh, uh, awesome. it, it's about kind of the four mistakes, the four biggest, most common mistakes that I see. And you can get that at mistakes.youronlinegenius.com. Okay. So you'll get that. And, and again, but if you go around the website, there's all kinds of free stuff. I've got epic blog posts about various issues. Like I've got one about podcasting. I got one about social media that talk about the types of issues. And you'll see a lot of what I do is make fun of other lawyers because lawyers are not a lot of fun normally. And, and you know, I, I try to make it as light as possible because I know you probably don't want to read a lot from a lawyer. Uh, I, I don't even want to read a lot from a lawyer. But there's a lot of different cheat sheets. I also have one on social media that you can find on the site, one for podcasting if you're a podcaster about the things you need to think about. Um, and those are the types of things that you can find, um, links to on the website. So you can kind of find what you want and get the information that's most useful to you. Fantastic. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much. You also have a book that can we find that there as well? The entrepreneur's uh, IP planning playbook. Is that available? I, or? I, well, so that one, I know you can find on my, on my law firm website, which is okay. clinkllc.com. Okay. And you can, you can get that free. I give it away again. I'm not going to make my riches uh, on selling uh, a book about intellectual property law. Uh, but I, I will soon have links to it up on your online genius. I don't know if I have that yet, but okay. um, you can definitely get a copy of that for free. Again, if, if you want to give me money for some reason, you can also buy it at, at Amazon, either in hard copy uh, or in kind of Kindle PDF, if that's what, or not PDF, Kindle version, if that's what you'd prefer. Okay. Well, we'll have a link to that as well. Um, this is awesome. Eye-opening. <laughs> And thank you so much for for all of this uh, genius that you've shared with us. Uh, it's my pleasure. And you know, I, like like I just, I, I think the important thing that you got across to people is just get started. Don't, just get started, exactly. Yeah, just start. Yep. Thank you so much, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. You're home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.